Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brad Restituto. Comes up the pocket. Fire to the right side. Welcome to the rest stop at Thanksgiving edition, nine o'clock Pacific time live here in Las Vegas. We come to you every Tuesday and Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. And thanks for checking in with us. Uh, great Thanksgiving day here in Las Vegas, about 63, 64 degrees, a little chilly, a little windy, uh, but a beautiful day outside and uh, some good football action on the television as always as the Detroit Lions and Dallas Cowboys Two staples on Thanksgiving Day NFL football were in action. Both were defeated today. Uh, the Texans, in impressive fashion, score 40-plus points, and they take care of the Detroit Lions and get their second straight win. And the Dallas Cowboys were looking to build off of their victory last week on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. They were close most of the game, but pulled away for late in that game with some Dallas Cowboy mistakes, and they take sole possession of the NFC East with a 41-16 victory over the Cowboys. Joining me, as always, on the rest stop, Spencer the Wiz. You can follow him on Twitter, at Spencer the Wiz. So we'll talk about the Thanksgiving Day games today. We'll talk about our Thanksgiving, as well as uh, college basketball has gotten underway around the country. Will they be able to complete a season here in 2020-2021? We, we briefly touched on NBA free agency last show. And then, of course, we'll give our Week 12 picks rundown uh, for this upcoming Sunday. And then, of, of course, the crazy action of the Thanksgiving Day game, the nightcap tonight, was supposed to be Ravens-Steelers, uh, an NFC, I believe it's a AFC South. No, they're not the AFC South. Spence, help me out here. The divisions, North. AFC North, AFC North, uh, with the ravens and the Steelers, that game got postponed due to COVID complications. And, of course, uh, some more uh, some more bad COVID news with, with Ravens franchise. Lamar Jackson tested positive for COVID-19 in the game Sunday against Pittsburgh, trying to knock off the 10-0 Steelers. Uh, could, could be in jeopardy come this Sunday. Spencer, start off with the games today on Thanksgiving. But before we do that, I've got to say happy Thanksgiving to you, my friend. And how was your Thanksgiving? You uh, you got together with all the family, the parents, sister. Uh, that must have been good, man. Tell us how your Thanksgiving was and what was your uh, – Spence, okay, we can't – I've heard on like four shows the, the favorite side dish of Thanksgiving. We have to get rid of that. I don't give a crap. <laughs> I can't copy that. Just tell me how your Thanksgiving was. And and tell it's me important. what you uh, – no, I'm tired of that question. It's so generic. I've heard it on four shows. I don't care. All um, right. Well, I won't tell you my favorite if you don't want to know. You could, but... you could tell me – you said you were grubbing on no, some ham. So it's, are, it's are you more of a ham or turkey guy on Thanksgiving? I'm and, definitely and more of a turkey guy. You're more of a turkey guy. But I got to tell you, my highlight of uh, Thanksgiving is we busted out the Super Nintendo and he played a game called uh, – uh, Tetris Attack. It's an underrated uh, SNES classic. If you never played it before, it's one of the greatest party games ever made. 
Uh, so it, it would just it just brought back a bunch of memories, a bunch of old vocabulary we used to use, and just very specific family stuff. I got to play with my dad and sister. We were just laughing it up and having a great time. So it was even the food was fantastic, but that was definitely my favorite part. Yeah, the Super Nintendo. That's some, that's some solid info right there, Spence. I, I like that. I will say, at my family gather, gathering, we played some catchphrase. Have you ever played catchphrase? No. Uh, it's like a handheld game. You have to give clues to the other person and figure out what the word you're describing without describing the word. It was pretty fun. We got some good laughs out of it. Uh, my stepdad, he was, uh, he was a little rough around the edges in the beginning. Uh, he was terrible, but he came through towards the end and, and played a little better. So are, are you a holiday family game guy or, or depends? Are you yay um, or nay on that? We were busting out the chessboard and stuff like that, so I would say, I guess, yeah. I mean, we, we kind of do that. I wouldn't say it's traditional, but if it's just us and we're not, like, going to the expanded family with, like, uh, cousins and all that kind of stuff, I would say we usually uh, do something like that every year. So was it home-cooked meal, Spence, for you guys Thanksgiving today? Did, did you pull out all the stops? When did you get started? Did you start cooking, you and the family, before early before the kickoff of the first game, which is 9.30 Pacific time. And, and what was the time frame of you and your family? Are you guys early eaters, late eaters? How does it work over in this, the Wiz household? Yeah, we, we, we usually eat really early. I think we started eating at like 2. So uh, they started cooking well before I was awake. Uh, luckily, my grandmother and mother were able to do it, hand, do uh, handle the kitchen uh, from an early time and i just kind of woke up we hung out we snuck snacked a little bit and we went right into dinner but we all work pretty much early in the morning so we usually always have holiday dinners early yeah i prefer more of the early thanksgiving i, I love to get up and i like to watch the early games and being in vegas i love the 9 30 start of the nfl game i like that a lot and uh i prefer early start we we had a little mid to late the, the day really flew by we got to my parents around uh, 1 o'clock. And get this, Spence. i got to tell you my Thanksgiving faux pas. Okay, so we get to the parents around 1 o'clock. And uh, about four hours later, we've already ate dinner, Spence. My stepdad hears something in the garage. It's some kind of vibration or noise. You want to know what happened? The okay. believer left the keys in the ignition in the car running for mm. freaking four-plus hours, Spence. My wow. car is running in the driveway. <laughs> I get out of the car. I forgot that I left the damn car on. Are you serious? What uh, the hell is wrong with me? He didn't think about it for one second. Like, no, oh, where are my keys? Like, you don't exactly. do a pocket check type of thing. I'm like, good lord. I'm like, okay, what happened? I, I got. I remember pulling in, and then um, I, I guess I saw my stepdad in the rear view, and I got out to greet him. And I forgot the keys. My girlfriend didn't think any mind of it. Nobody thought anything. My mom went to the garage. She thought she heard hear something. The, you didn't she hear didn't your car humming it. on the way up to the house or anything like that? <laughs> I know. Can you imagine if nobody would have caught that and we're leaving the house? Where are my keys? I can't find my keys. We're waiting another 45 minutes and then I go out there and my car's been running. This is not the first time I've done this, Spence. I can't remember well, the location or the time, but I've left my car sat there. With the keys in it, the car is running. Well, at least, uh, you know, you kept your car warm. You weren't cold when you got inside, I would guess, right? Yeah. I, I tell you one other car faux pas I've done in my past. I, I was on a lot of lack of sleep. This is probably 15 years ago, leaving a barber shop when the believer had hair. And I literally opened it. It was a black car and my car was black. I literally got into somebody else's car thinking it was mine. And the car oh. was open. And they saw me. They're like, bro, that's my car. I'm like, Sorry. Yeah, I uh, have a funny story about that. When I was a kid, my teacher used to let me go to her car to grab her lunch or something like that every day. And I, for some reason, I felt special doing that. And one time, I totally just jumped into the wrong car. Although, in my defense, they left their car door open, like one of the teachers. So I, it's on them, to be honest with you. But as little Spencer was crawling around someone's car looking for lunch that just wasn't there until my teacher had to run out and, and grab me. Any, anybody else have any crazy car stories or cor stories where they've uh, left their key somewhere or couldn't find their car after a night out partying? I know that's happened a long time, uh, a lot of times to a lot of people. Um, Spence, have you ever had anything about leaving your car running, the keys inside, and you've gone about your business? Next thing you know, you come back five hours later, your car is still running. 
I gotta say, I don't know if I have any stories like that. Uh, the, the scariest car, um, car story I ever have is I was in fraternity for my first semester of college before I went to basic training. And we had to drive out to where that alien jerky place is. I can't even remember the name of it now, but it was a really far drive. And we got done at like 3 in the morning. On the way back, I almost fell asleep at the wheel. So that was kind of the, that was kind of the scariest car moment I've ever had. You don't realize how bad it is to drive tired because it, it's basically the same as drunk driving. So don't yeah, ever that, do it. Yeah, I've, I've been in a couple situations with some tired drivers also. It's definitely, you're right, it's not, not an ideal thing to do. Spence, let's jump into the... Turkey Day Thanksgiving football action. The first game that kicked off was Houston Texans at the Detroit Lions. And the Texans were a small two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Started off again strong for the Lions. They got out to a quick 7-0 lead. The Texans answered back shortly. It looked like it was going to be a back-and-forth game. And then in the midway point of that first quarter, the Lions kind of imploded a little bit. A pick six on a screen pass. Matt Stafford, J.J. Watt stepped right in front of it, intercepted it, took it back for a touchdown. The very next offensive snap for the Lions, a fumble inside their own territory. The Texans pick it up, and the Lions did get back in that, and I think they took a one-point lead early in that first half. But after that, it was all Texans from there, Spence. Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller connected left and right, and they took control of that game in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I don't know. This game's on Matt Patricia to me. To have such an undisciplined football team, I feel like is inexcusable. Yeah. I mean, we can just keep saying the same things every week that they have the talent there, but somehow, some way, uh, it just doesn't work out. And this is just another example. I mean, how can you, if you're coaching a team, it has to be like baseline as a coach that you do not allow four turnovers to be in a game. Now, I know he's not out there, you know, carrying the ball himself, and I know it's. It sounds weird to say that, but in practice, those are things you have to like recognize and those are things you have to stress on. The fact that he's not doing it, and once again, we see them just get opened up defensively, a wide open 40-yard touchdowns. None of this should be acceptable. So I don't know what they're waiting for, especially now that their season's basically over. Fire him now. Maybe you find an interim coach to do something with the team, and then you look, you look from there. But this is such a bad look on your franchise when he allowed us to keep happening week after week. Spence, I feel like a team like the Lions, the Jets, possibly the Chargers, this is their way of tanking. Keeping coaches, dead, uh, lame duck coaches on the roster, knowing that the team is kind of checked out and that do not respond to these coaches. And that's their way of getting the highest draft pick possible. Because if you're the Lions and you make a change now, you know it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Anthony Lynn, the firing is going to happen. Adam Gase, it's going to happen. If you bring in a new voice, then all of a sudden guys that are playing for their jobs next year, uh, an interim coach auditioning for the head coaching job, they're not thinking about tanking. They're not thinking about a draft pick. They're thinking about getting the best possible production out of what they and their players are going to do from that point forward. So if your ownership, general manager, maybe you're trying to position yourself and that's your way of positioning yourself well, knowing that you have lame duck coaches in there and not firing. That's my opinion. What are your thoughts? No, you could be totally right. I mean, it would make sense with the Jets, too, because I feel like if you had literally anybody else at the head coaching position who had any sort of skill, that they probably would have won the Patriots game. But the fact that they did keep uh, Gaze basically ensures that they were going to lose it somehow. You might be onto something. I'm ready to put on the tin hat, too. Spence, look, we've talked about how bad the Texans have been as a franchise, but they've got some talent on this team, and we know that. Deshaun Watson... Uh, is a franchise quarterback, and without them, the Texans would be much worse. Will Fuller will have a couple games a year where he just goes off. J.J. Watt, another touchdown on his resume today. They've got some talent on that roster. Uh, what does a win like this mean for the Texans? They're not going to do anything this year. Uh, you've talked about on this show that you think the Texans are one of the worst gigs to maybe come into next year. You do have some talent there, so – uh, I, I know you're not an optimist or, or very high on the Texans, but if you're going the other way and you want to see some light at the end of the tunnel for this t- Texans franchise, what does that look like and what does it look like for you with some of the talent on that roster? Well, I feel like the baseline is you have to have a full healthy season out of Will Fuller, who has so far in his career not been able to do that once. A lot of the times, I think for the first two seasons, they were season ending. We know he's talented I mean, in his rookie season, who I think he was a rookie with Deshaun Watson, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was his second year. Explosive, looked like what he was going to be 
the two big pairings, you know, uh, Hopkins and him, and then we know it's kind of fallen apart since there. I don't know. When you when you come in, I think the first thing you have to do is trade J.J. Watt. I know it sounds crazy. He had the, you know, interception, whatever, but you got to get that money off of your books, and you got to start spreading that money across the rest of the defense. Uh, just because the Lions were terrible today doesn't mean the Texans have a good defense at all. Uh, they gave up 25. It could have easily been a lot more if they were just playing against any sort of competent team. But we know, I mean, not a lot of teams can say they have no questions at the quarterback position. I would say there's probably like four teams that have said that, that haven't had at least conversations about what they're going to do with their quarterback. Maybe not this year, but the next. This, you know, you're going to have this guy for the next seven years as your quarterback. So that's the appealing part of it. But then once you go into into that front office, you have to realize how many layers you have to peel back of all these terrible decisions that your previous head coach and GM has done to the team. You're devoid of first-round picks uh, from the Laramie Tunzel trade. You didn't get one for the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And it's not like you have a lot of trade pieces. J.J. Watt is realistically your only trade piece because you're not going to get rid of Will Fuller. You're not going to get rid of Deshaun Watson. Other than that, I can't think of another guy on this team that's worth a first-round pick. So... I don't know. I mean, hopefully they, they get a, I was going to say, hope they get a stud next year, but they don't have one. So I don't really know what you do going forward to help this team improve and get closer to a playoff position. Spence, you talked about it and you showed the graphic on your show, I believe, and this show a few weeks ago about all of the kind of the cap disaster the Texans have on their roster, the guys they're paying that really don't deserve, or that's really crushing them salary cap wise on their roster. Um, Put on your GM hat for a second. You talked about trading J.J. Watt. Is this something that you, you've got to kind of cut your losses? You know that Deshaun Watson and maybe one other offensive piece or two you want to keep to build around, but then kind of maybe try and trade or gut everybody possible because that salary cap is not going to get any easier with this COVID situation next year and this year. Um, do you just kind of get rid of everybody that you can and start as fresh as possible? Yeah, I say baseline, you can work with this offense because you just your quarterback is just that good and he can just kind of will them that way. So I don't think you actually have to put too much work into that side of the ball. It's not perfect and it's not the best offense in the league, but they're very talented in empty sets just because of how good uh, Watson is, obviously. So you're going to have to focus all of your attention on the defensive side. I can't think of a few names. So maybe you trade one of your best offensive linemen and hopefully you have a good backup. I don't know their situation as far as that goes. Get rid of J.J. Watt, go hard in free agency, maybe go hard in the trade on the trade block, because we've seen there's a ton of value with guys like Carlos Dunlap and stuff on the trade block that you can get for a relatively cheap price, and especially once you trade J.J. Watt, you're going to be able to do maybe a sign-in trade with some of these bigger names, smaller names, but bigger names, like Bud Dupree will be a free agent next year. He could be a huge addition to this team in terms of the pass rush, so that's where you have to start. Uh, but it's not its not going to be fixed in one offseason. It's impossible. You're going to have to let some of these bad contracts that no one's going to trade for expire. And then once you go there, so we're talking two years down the road, then you can see the bright side of this team if you can keep that offense relatively intact. And Spence, look, the Texans have been a playoff team for many, many years uh, in that division. That's a winnable division. And I don't know that the Colts uh, are going to be a mainstay for many years. I like their coaching situation, and I think they're doing – uh, the right things. Uh, I think Ryan Grigson's still the GM over there in Indianapolis. Uh, I think they're making the right moves, but I, I'm not convinced 100% that the Colts and the Titans are going to dominate that division because Deshaun Watson and the Texans, I believe four out of five years, three out of four years, have been playoff contenders in that division. So I don't know that as long as Deshaun Watson is your quarterback, you have to completely fold and not compete for the division. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle, but I think as long as Deshaun Watson is your quarterback, anything's possible. So um, it's not their year this year, uh, but you do, like you said, Spence, you're one of the few teams that have zero questions at the quarterback position. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it, it is kind of attainable unless Andrew Luck comes back. I was just, I think that was the first thing that popped in my mind then maybe you have some discussions internally about but you just don't want to waste one of the best quarterbacks in the league's year so you're always going to be aggressive so there's no way they're just going to sit back they're always going to try to do and make the big moves and you know they're going to have to hope that they land the right ones because otherwise uh, they're going to be stuck in a hole for a very long time happy thanksgiving to everybody this is a live edition of the rest stop on this thursday uh, november 26 2020 Recapping the Thanksgiving Day NFL games, there was only one other game on the docket. 
today, and that was an NFC East battle between the Cowboys and the Washington football team. Washington had a – I'm sorry – Washington did have a win last Sunday against the Bengals, but the Cowboys had a nice road victory against the Minnesota Vikings as well. And with Andy Dalton healthy and Zeke Elliott having his best game of the season, the momentum of the Cowboys were strong heading into this home matchup in division against the Washington football team. And look, the division's wide open in the NFC East. Every team has a losing record, three wins was tops heading into this game. It was close early. It looked like Dallas kind of had the momentum Washington had a few breaks that allowed them to stay close. And then late, kind of late in the second half, third quarter or so, it kind of switched, Spence. A couple aggressive calls on fourth down by Dallas. One was really deep inside their own territory, a fake punt that blew up on an end around. Washington was able to score a touchdown on the next play. Antonio Gibson, the rookie running back, had three total touchdowns. From that point forward, Washington dominated. They got a pick six. And I've talked for weeks about my Alex Smith fandom. I predicted probably three, four weeks ago, Spence, that I thought Washington was a dark horse to win this division. And they were probably a lot of people's last choice to win the division. But right now, as we speak in this moment, they have sole possession of first place in the NFC East. They've got two straight wins. Their offense is not looking amazing. They've got a solid running game. And let me tell you, Chase Young has been outstanding on the defensive line. And Troy Aikman mentioned in that Fox broadcast, the Washington football team is the number one ranked pass defense in the entire NFL, which is very surprising. Uh, They weren't excellent in their pass defense early, but they got it together once they had the lead. And Washington looks like a formidable opponent as they keep finding ways to get better week in, week out under head coach Ron Rivera. And they ended up uh, blasting Dallas in the fourth quarter. I believe they had 21 points or more, and they get a 41-16 victory over Dallas. Uh, So one favorite, one underdog today, and both games go over the total. The Washington football team spends first place in the division. Not a lot of people thought about it. You talked about – me and you talked a little bit about Mike McCarthy before we came live. What did you think about this football game and uh, about evaluate both teams at this point? Yeah, look, what Alex Smith is doing for sure is incredible. The fact that he's on the football field and he looks uh, semi-confident, competent as well. You know, the interception was bad. Uh, That's kind of uncharacteristic of him as well. I mean, he was really known as the conservative guy, the checkdown king. So that was a little weird to see. But over, he ha- he made some great throws in that game. So he, he ended up having overall, you know, he's going to have a few of those mistakes coming back to football. So recently, I think this is only his second start. To me, the story of this game is Mike McCarthy. When you pay your receiver, Mari Cooper, $100 million, you pay Ezekiel Elliott, however much money they did. I think they made him the highest paid quarter or running back in the league. This is an unacceptable performance offensively, at least. We know they have the worst defense in the league. Basically, I, I can't think of another person or another team that's worst. Uh, but you have to have a more coherent strategy. You can't go for it when the game's tied on your own 30-yard line. That's just basic coaching 101. And also, if you are going to go for it, if it's inches like it was... You're not going to go for a QB sneak with someone like Andy Dalton. Uh, instead, you go for this weird out route jump ball with CeeDee Lamb, the rookie who doesn't have very sure-fired hands. Dropped a wide-open uh, uh, pass in the end zone. Uh, that was on third and goal after the, after the interception. I, I don't know. I mean, we know, like, you can almost blame this. Like, oh, it's just Andy Dalton. He's not that good. He's brought in a team to the playoffs three times. We know he has the ability to do that. Now, whether or not he has the ability to take a team to a Super Bowl, that's a different question, and the answer to that question is no. But in a division that this week, Andy Dalton should be enough to bring Dallas to the uh, playoffs. I agree with you. And, Spence, it's a bad division. And uh, I would like to to stay on my prediction, but it's not like the the Washington football team is uh, anything that necessarily scares me if I'm any other team. And I believe the New York Giants have the tiebreaker over Washington, and the Giants have been playing really good football. Uh, Philadelphia may be the worst of the group, actually. So is it is it the, is it a, a Giants and Redskins battle? I mean, the Redskins have swept Dallas. I believe the Giants have swept Washington. Is it going to come down to these two teams and Dallas and Philadelphia are going to be last in that division? What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's basically the exact opposite going into the season, right? No one had any expectations for the Redskins. But look, you know, they're playing very inspired football. They're not going to win games outside of the division very often. 
but I think that they're good enough to beat, you know, the Cowboys and the Eagles for sure. So this will be very similar to like uh, the Seahawks days. I think in 2015 was the only time or the last time a seven win team went to the playoffs. We'll see something very similar here this season. Who can get to seven wins first? It's It does seem like it's between the Giants and Redskins. The way that the Cowboys are playing, and especially the way the Eagles are playing, it doesn't like that they're going to get more than two wins for the rest of the season, maybe combined between the two of those teams. Yeah, I'd actually be surprised if a seven-win team came out of that division. I think six and ten could win it. Uh, we'll find out, though. It's a bad division, but let's give Washington credit and Alex Smith, man. I can't say it enough, Spence. Week in and week out, this guy had 17 off-season surgeries. His leg was close to being amputated. His life was at risk. I, I'm so blown away by this story. He's he's a for surefire comeback player of the year. For him now to have three-plus starts and to get a win on Thanksgiving Day, gosh, man, I, I just love this story. I love this guy. I'm rooting for him every single week, and he's playing decent football. I mean, he's we've seen much worse this season. I know he had a bad pick, but other than that, he was fairly efficient. The third down efficiency was pretty good in this game. He made some important throws. Uh, he doesn't do a whole lot to beat you, uh, usually, typically. And coming back from what he came back from, man, I, I just love it. It just speaks to the type of team Washington wants to be. Ron Rivera has always been a hard-nosed, tough guy, battling cancer through the season, still showing up. Alex Smith, like, like I said, 17 off-season surgeries. Spence, this is something this team can build around. I don't care how much talent you have on this team. You have a head coach going through cancer and a guy who almost lost his leg. If you can't get fired enough and build some team chemistry to build on that and say, hey, we are in, in, in leading this division, we're going to go out and win the damn thing. If that's not enough motivation for you, then you need to stay home and not even play. I'm serious. I mean, look, th this team has got a pretty solid defense. They can beat anybody. They can. They can beat anybody any week. They're not – They're not anyone that scares you, but Chase Young's a beast. Their pass defense has played. They played really well. They played solid. Uh, that run game, look, Antonio Gibson, the first rookie with three touchdowns on Thanksgiving Day since Randy Moss did it against Dallas uh, more than two decades ago. Washington's got a chance, and why not use something like what Rivera and Smith have gone through to galvanize this group of guys and, and really – fight to win that division, host a home playoff game, and anything's possible from there. I mean, look look what happened in this third game that was supposed to happen, Spence. It got postponed because of COVID-19, and the Ravens are blitzed with COVID-19 right now. A report came out today that Lamar Jackson, starting quarterback, reigning MVP, tested positive for COVID-19, and the game Sunday is likely in jeopardy in a divisional matchup between the Steelers and the Ravens. And the Ravens are on the outside looking in of the playoff, Spence, and this is not a good sign for them if they've, if they've not been playing good football. And tell the listeners out there what we talked about beforehand. If they don't complete this game, there's no makeup games in which you're hearing about a fourth wild card. Yeah, so my final – I'll just give you one final thoughts on the um, Washington football team. I just wanted to comment on how impressive it was for a team to have so much controversy going into the season, especially – the Washington football team. I mean, that was the big storyline, how they had the sexual assault cases going on inside their office. I mean, they were the villains of the league. And somehow they've been able to build a certain team culture in one offseason that is now promoting them and everyone kind of is rooting for them, which is a drastic kind of thing that's very unique. You do not see that happen a lot. Villains in leagues are normally prof like that's usually like the going point for the whole season for them. So it's pretty cool uh, what they were able to do with that. We'll see what they do with the name. Uh, but when it does come to um, this canceled game, it did come out. I think last week they talked. I talked about it on my radio show, like you said, um, that we could see instead of having an extra week at the end of the season, what the NFL's contingency plan is. Uh, to have a extra wild card spot, I guess because playoff games are more uh, profitable than extra weeks. That's my only guess. I don't know why you wouldn't just have a makeup game. Uh, but still, it wasn't very clear, like through the article I read, if one league goes to four wild card spots, if the other one's going to follow suit, even if they don't cancel games, because then potentially there's two different playoff brackets going on. I don't know how that's going to work out, but. I don't know. I mean, if there's if there's more, having missing Lamar Jackson would just be so big, and it almost seems unfair. But I guess that's how it goes. I mean, they only have. I mean, they do have like six guys out. I don't know what the limit is. I don't know how you draw that line. I don't know what the regulations are. I can't imagine this is a game that the NFL would want to happen under these conditions, though. 
Yeah, Spence. For me personally, I've got a a nice little ticket, a four-team parlay. Uh, and you know that I'm not a big fan of the Steelers, but I had the Texans minus two and a half, which is a win. I had the Washington football team money line, which is a win. Thinking I was going to have a little turkey day parlay, uh, I had the Ravens money line. I put this in very early in the week before even the running backs were announced to be out due to COVID. Uh, so that game is still live on the ticket, but it has to be played Sunday. And then I added the Chiefs minus three against Tampa. So uh, I'm feeling pretty nice about it, but I'm not feeling so great if this game's played because, look, the Ravens are pretty depleted. But in my favor, when everybody counted out the Tennessee Titans earlier in this year after having to postpone their game, they came out shorthanded and and blasted the Buffalo Bills. So anything's possible. We'll have to follow the story closely, Spence, to see how it lines up. Uh, But overall, even though it wasn't winning teams here on Thanksgiving, I always love Thanksgiving Day football. And uh, I enjoyed it again this Thursday and and looking for the rest of the holiday sports action. Spence also getting started over the last couple of days, college basketball. Are you a big college basketball guy? And uh, it's going to be really tough to to complete a season here in college hoops. And what is March Madness for you going to possibly look like in a still a pandemic middled uh, 2020-2021 season? I mean, there's a possibility by the springtime, we have a COVID vaccine, but I still don't know if we're going to be able to complete a college basketball season as games are getting canceled every day. Yeah, I, it's not like football where they have a week to prepare to kind of move things around to think about it. In basketball, you're playing in college. It's like every three days, four days, two days. It's a little more sporadic, but there is not a lot of wiggle room. I don't know if they have like weeks added at the end or something like that, but once guys, some teams I played 12 games, some have played 15. Who, how do you rank people? How are you going to have a tournament? And what is it all worth at the end of the day? Uh, they, they already canceled you know, all the tournaments last year. The Mountain West was one of the only ones to finish. Uh, I was at the UNLV game yesterday. I did see their home opener where they got blown out by Montana State. Uh, it's just so weird. I mean, it was nice to see live basketball. Obviously, it was cool to be there. Uh, but the fake crowd noise is so eerie, <laughs> to be honest with you. I wish they would just cut it out and just play music or something. That would be better, in my opinion. Um, I can talk about UNLV all day, uh, but I'm just concerned for these kids. I mean, basketball, these COVID-19 outbreaks seem a lot more susceptible in basketball than they do in football for whatever reason. Uh, I think mostly it's because it's so small. Like, you know, football's kind of separated, like defense and offense. So I guess those guys are technically away from each other. But in basketball, it's, you've got a rotation of eight guys. So if one of them gets it, man, these guys are right next to each other all day. And there's a high chance. There's no pads or anything like that. I don't know if that helps. I don't know if the whole face mask thing helps. But these guys are just next to each other, grinding. And I don't know. I just don't see it working out. And the NBA is only going to be worse because at least there's three game, three days sometimes between NCAA basketball games. But in the NBA, back-to-back games, week-long absences, what are they going to do? Is it all worth it? No, in my opinion, it's not. Spence, uh, one game that kicked off, or I wouldn't say tipped off tonight in Fort Myers, Florida, the number one ranked Gonzaga Bulldogs took on the number six ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Gonzaga got a really nice win, 102-90. to over Kansas, three scorers for Gonzaga scored 20 plus plus points. Um, Drew Timmy for Gonzaga had 25. Jalen Suggs had 23. Uh, I'm sorry, he had 24. And then also um, Corey Kispert had 23 for Gonzaga. And local guy Julian Strother, freshman, uh, Las Vegas product, he only had two minutes played two minutes in this game and uh, he didn't have any points, but man, this Gonzaga team, a lot of people are saying on Twitter, look the deepest that they've ever been. I just hope that we get a chance to see a completed season in some form or fashion, because a lot of those college athletes uh, last year were robbed of their season. I had a a nice little futures ticket on Oregon basketball uh, with Peyton Pritchard. He was in, in the conversation for PAC 12 player of the year. And of course that season cut short. So um, it's very interesting, the landscape of college basketball with some of these guys skipping college altogether, playing overseas, going to the G League. So, look, the season's up in in the air. We don't know. Games are being canceled. It's going to be really tough with college hoops not being in a bubble to keep uh, these short rosters and coaching staff clean. But we'll have to see 
how that plays out. And you mentioned UNLV basketball yesterday here locally, not looking great for UNLV sports as the football team struggling, the basketball team, a disappointing loss. And Spence with these college programs and cities already losing tons of money in sports with this COVID uh, this is not a good time for UNLV athletics to really be at the bottom dweller of the conferences. They're going to have to do a lot to kind of dig themselves out of this enormous hole that COVID's planted. And now then continuing to lose is making an even bigger hole. Yeah. And uh, Brian and I were talking because we both went to the game and said, this is probably the one game that the people in, Vi- in Vegas were like, Oh, let me tune in and see what the UNLV basketball program's got going on this season. We never go to the games, but hey, maybe if we watch it and we enjoy it, when we do get to go back, maybe we'll go catch a UNLV game. This game has solidified that nobody uh, will ever go to a UNLV basketball game ever again. Certainly no college students. Uh, as f- I bet you I could interview kids uh, on campus and ask them if we actually have a basketball program, and they'd probably say no, uh, because that's how unknown they are. It's how little people care on campus, I can at least say. Uh, but I go to the games all the time. I went to every game last season, and I can tell you that nobody under the age of 30, other than kids, were in the stands. And there's just no excitement at the school. No one seems to care about the sports program. And when you got a performance like this against Montana State, uh, this it's a new time low. Uh, the football team's never been good outside of our one bowl game victory. And we all know how good UNLV was in the 80s. Um, my parents seem to think it's because the team hated Tarkanian so much, and they've kind of just ran... Uh, any good school product or athletic product out of town. And this is what the the price that we're paying for it. Yeah, it's unfortunate uh, for UNLV. One more college basketball game of note in the top 25 college hoops, Villanova. They took care of Bobby Hurley's Arizona State Sun Devils. They got an 83-74 victory over Arizona State. Uh, Villanova ranked third in the country, start off the season 2-0. Spence, we had a decent week in our week 11 NFL picks last week. We're looking to improve on that. Uh, I believe we gave, gave out our Turkey day plays. Uh, I, I think you might've been on the Texans. I'm not entirely sure. I know I took them on a ticket, but I thought that the lions would have a interesting performance and find a way to show up. So I was on the wrong side of that one. And we'll count that towards our record in the loss column, but let's start off in Atlanta for week 12. Your Las Vegas Raiders, our Las Vegas Raiders, Spencer, a three-point road favorite against the Falcons. We're using the Circa Sports Million Contest lines again here for week 12. The Raiders are listed as a three-point road favorite. I like the Raiders here, Spencer, fighting for a playoff spot. I think Matt Ryan is is equaling Phillip Rivers in what he can do in the pocket. He has zero mobility. He's a sitting duck. Julio Jones, inconsistency injury-wise, leaves a huge hole. Atlanta offense, and I just think the Raiders are are very well coached. I think they've shown it year in and year out. A lot of people would say they should have had that victory Sunday night against Kansas City. I think they bounce back. Uh, Derek Carr may be playing his best football of the year, and I think the Raiders win and they cover that three-point line. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll go on the same side with you. Uh, just because they should, and they're fighting for a playoff spot. I'm just going to tell you deep in my heart as a fan, I think they're going to get blown out by the Falcons. Uh, But for the purpose of the pick segment, I'll I'll take the Raiders just because they have to. All right, Spence. Uh, I know you're not very excited about that one. What will be your thoughts if the Raiders do come out, and let's say they get a a road victory by 7 to 10 points, um, even if it's not the most impressive, it'll put them in really nice position with seven wins. So what will be your thoughts after that game, regardless of how, if they're able to come out with a road victory there? Uh, it'll be nice. I mean, I would love to see them in the playoffs. I just know they have no chance to go anywhere. Uh, when you have a team that is devoid of any pro ball talent on the defensive side of the ball, you're never going to get anywhere uh, when it comes to the playoffs. So do I want to see them get blown out in the first round? Yes and no is the answer to that question. Spence, come on, man. I'm not going to let you get away with this. It's not fair. We've seen with this COVID stuff, anything's possible, especially with Baltimore. They might not be able to field a team out there. And your Raiders are very close to being 2-0 against the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. They have their number. They can compete with them. They will compete with them every time they step foot on the field. So you can't tell me that you're convinced that the Steelers are going to blow the Raiders out of the water. Yes, they would. Get out it of here. Be close. The it Steelers would be, can't run the It would the be football. the most embarrassing game of the season for the Raiders, for sure. It would be like 3-28. to 28. 
Spence, I'm pretty sure the last time you told me that, that the Raiders were going to be embarrassed, they came out with a win. Every time we've thought that they beat the Saints, who may be the hottest team in the NFC, they they beat the Chiefs one out of two times and probably should be two opponent. The first time they played a real opponent and they played the Buccaneers, they got embarrassed like the bad team that they are defensively. Spence, we know the identity of the Raiders. If they can run the football effectively, they've got one of the best running backs, top five, top ten in the entire league. They've got a tight end that nobody can cover and a quarterback who's gaining confidence week in and week out. And a coaching staff. Go ahead. I'll tell you, Derek Carr, he was terrible the first three weeks. Something changed in his brain neurologically when he threw that horrible interception against the Chiefs. He's been a different quarterback since then. I I have no idea how that works. Uh, Maybe he sold his soul to the devil after that play. Whatever the case may be, he is much closer back to the to his MVP self. If he didn't get hurt that season, he for sure would have been the MVP of the season. He's a lot closer to there. Well, that's uh, what I'm saying. I'm saying he's getting better. Yes, not, but if I'm you don't, if you have zero here. talent defensively, Jonathan Abrams is the worst safety the Raiders have had since Obi Mel and Fawu, who they cut, uh, I think, last season. Who was a second round pick. The worst safety the Raiders have had since him, and before that. I can't even go as far back. I don't even know who could be worse than him because in my lifetime, the Raiders have had decent safeties forever. As long as he's playing in the lineup, the Raiders have no chance to beat any good offensive team, any offensive playoff team. Well, what I'm telling you is the Steelers can't run the ball. So you're going to tell me uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who's battling injuries. Who's going to stop any sort of run game that the the Steelers have? That's what I'm saying. The Steelers don't have a run game. The Raiders would give up 100 yards to the Steelers run game right now. They no. have zero talent. on. If you want to talk about the run defense specifically, you want to talk about Max Crosby, who is the best player, a fourth-round pick from Eastern Michigan, by the way, is our best defensive player, which is embarrassing. He goes in the inside every single run play, and they just run outside of him. It is the most infuriating thing. And, of course, the Raiders have no linebackers to actually cover anybody once they are on the outside. Hopefully, they go to the side of DeMond Arnett because he's so good at tackling. But if that's not the case, Jonathan Abrams is going to be out of position. That's that's how the running uh, that run, rushing touchdown was for the Chiefs. So, as long as you run to the side of Jonathan Abrams and Max Crosby, you are easy good for 115 yards. And that's why I think the Falcons are probably going to beat the Raiders because... Todd Gurley's going to have a field day. He's going to have the best game of the season. The best game of the season he's going to have for the whole season. And hopefully the Raiders can try to shut down somebody and they have to pray that Julio Jones gets a, a sprained ankle. Spence, I know, I know I should know the answer to this question, but what happened to Vontez Perfect after his suspension last year? Did the Raiders release him or where's he been at this year? He, he's a free agent right now and I don't think anyone's picked him up. So the Raiders decided they weren't going to bring him back, although he was fairly effective before he got suspended from what I remember. No. The Raiders don't like to have any decent talent on their defense. That's why they just get rid of everybody who's good. There you have it. Spencer the Wiz giving his strong opinion on his Las Vegas Raiders. Next game in action, the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. Uh, A rare home underdog, the Patriots stand this week. The Cardinals are a two and a half point road favorite. This one scares me, Spence, because it looks like a slam dunk. Uh, We know that the Patriots aren't very consistent and they're not that great this year. Uh, So it looks like the Cardinals all day, all night. That scares me. Uh, but I'm still going to roll with the Cardinals this week. And I think they've got to continue to try to position themselves for a playoff berth. Give me the Cardinals minus a two and a half. It is scary. I agree with you, but I'm just going to go for the obvious choice here. I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals. You know, I haven't been a fan uh, of the Patriots all season. They've had a few surprise victories, which has been annoying, uh, but, but they're inconsistent. So if, I think if they play a team, if they get behind early, I don't think there's any chance that they're going to come back in this game. It's a short line, so I'm, I'm, I feel pretty good about Arizona here. Next game on the list, Spence, uh, NFC East, the New York Giants. They take on an AFC North team, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. And... The Bengals are without Joe Burrow. They're probably without Joe Mixon. They looked uh, very incompetent when they had to replace Joe Burrow last week. Uh, I'm losing faith week in and week out at a drastic fashion. And Cincinnati head coach Zach Taylor, Giants have been playing well. They're playing for the division. Uh, They're a road point. They're a road six-point favorite. That is a very tough number with a team that's not good or, or not very good. They don't have a winning record. Um, but I, I have such little faith in the Bengals, and I'm really high on the direction the Giants are going. Give me the Giants minus the six. Yeah, I'm going to double down on the idea that Joe Burrow was the only good thing going for the Bengals, and he was keeping them in games. So if that stays true, and I believe it is, the Giants should be able to dominate this game. I don't see how the Bengals put up points anywhere, how they get down the field. And the Giants are gaining a lot of momentum. <laughs> so I'm going to go as well with the Giants in this matchup. 
We're on the same side there, Spence. Next matchup, the Cleveland Browns travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. The Browns are a six-and-a-half-point favorite here. It looks like Mike Glennon will get to start for Jacksonville this week. It's probably going to bite me here, Spence, but I still don't have a ton of confidence in the Bengals, especially on the road. I think the switch to Mike Spence is on the Browns. Okay. Uh, no, no. You said you said you were talking about the Bengals like when you were going over your analysis. I was saying. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, the Browns don't have yep. a lot of faith in the Browns. They're traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Browns are a six and a half point favorite. I still don't have a lot of faith in the Browns organization. Uh, they have a winning record. They're also positioning themselves for a playoff berth. Um, Mike Glennon will get to start for Jacksonville this week. Gardner Minshew still banged up by injury. Jake Lutton. Uh, they've seen enough from him. I think Mike Glennon finds a way to, to cover this number. I don't know if they win, but give me the Jaguars plus a six and a half. I'm going to disagree with you. The fact that Nick Chubb is back, I think, is just a huge confidence builder for this team. If they can get up early 14 to nothing, they'll be able to cover. That's the scary part. The Jaguars have shown that they're able to kind of keep in the game in the beginning and then kind of fall off at the end. Uh, but I, I feel like if... Cleveland's able to keep control of the tempo and a third quarterback comes in the offensive line. I'm assuming is just going to be frustrated or annoyed at this point in the season. And if you got the pass rush, like you do with the Cleveland Browns, they should be able to take care of business here. Mike Glennon showed not a lot of promise. He couldn't get it off the bench for the Raiders for the, uh, or in the second string over Nathan Peterman. If that's indicative of anything, Cleveland Browns should be able to cover this game. Yeah, the Browns have blown out a couple teams this year, and they have that capability. So it could very easily happen in this matchup. So I could be bitten, snake bitten here by the Jaguars, but uh, I'm just not ready to ride the Browns train quite yet. Next matchup, the Carolina Panthers traveling to U.S. Bank Stadium to take on the Vikings. Panthers are a four-point underdog here. I think the Panthers may have Teddy Bridgewater back in this game, and if so, it'll be his first start against the team that drafted him, the Vikings. Uh, I really like the way the Panthers have played all year. They shut out the Lions last week. Um, P.J. Walker got the start. Christian McCaffrey will probably still be out with injury. I, I honestly think from top to bottom, Carolina's a better football team. Uh, I think they get the win outright and they cover that four points. Uh, the Vikings, we know what they can do offensively. Their defense is very, very bad. I think Kirk Cousins could make a few mistakes today. I, I think Matt Rule may outcoach this team. I love Mike Zimmer. I think he's a very solid coach, uh, but this defense of the Vikings is just really, really bad. They're not good. Uh, they don't have a lot of talent aside from Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith. Uh, I mean, there's a couple other guys, but in key positions to get the pass rush and, to co and cover corners, they're not there right now. So I think that the Panthers will take advantage of that, and I think they get the outright win. I'm not sure they win, but I'm also going to take Carolina here because Teddy Bridgewater is expected back. We know how competitive they are against some of the good teams. So against an average team like the Vikings, it seems a little too high for me. So that's the reason I'm going to go for the Carolina Panthers here. Spence, this next game may be the toughest on the card to pick as it's going to be a battle of uh, who really takes command of, of first place. But do I have this right? Didn't these teams play recently? But maybe they're playing again. Titans travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. In yeah. Indianapolis, Colts a three-point favorite. I think these teams met just a couple weeks ago. Tough matchup here, Spence. I don't. I think they may have played on Thursday night. I don't, I don't even recall who won. I think the Colts won that game. The Colts uh, won, yeah. So I'll let you start this one off. Colts three-point favorite at home. I'm going to go opposite here. I went Colts that time. I'm going to go Titans here. It's so hard to beat a division rival twice in a season when you're playing at a high level. It's 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 not impossible. It's happened a lot of times. Uh, but I just I feel too comfortable. I feel like the Titans are really starting to shape up here, get ready for that playoff push. So if they're gonna if they're gonna prove themselves as a legitimate playoff team, they have to win this game, and I think they will. This is a tough one for me, Spence. Uh, but from what I remember about that last game, the Titans led at halftime and they kind of beat themselves in the second half. So with that being said, having a nice victory in overtime last week, I'll also go with the Titans getting. Three points, so give me Tennessee plus three. Next matchup, Spence, the L.A. Chargers travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Bills, five-and-a-half-point favorite in this matchup. We know the Chargers have a, a, an efficient offense, but their defense has been very bad. Buffalo, I believe they're coming off a bye week here, five-and-a-half-point favorite. Spence, you start this one off. How I don't know how you can ever go for the Chargers right now. And I, the Bills have been inconsistent at best this season, but when it comes to teams that – they're able to take advantage of teams with bad defenses. They did it against Seattle, so I'm going to guess that they do it again here. So give me the Bills, the minus five. Uh, to me, it's a tough one because I think it could be one of those close games. 
Uh, but I think the Bills coming off a bye, I think they're very, very well coached. I think the combination of Diggs and Josh Allen is a really efficient one. I'll take Buffalo as well, minus the five and a half. Next one, divisional matchup, Spence, AFC East. Dolphins travel to New York to take on the Jets. The Jets are 0-10. Dolphins were riding a five-game winning streak, and they lost last week uh, to the Denver Broncos. This could be a trap game here, Spence, but I like the fact that the Dolphins are coming off a loss. Um, I do have a ticket in my pocket for the Jets to go 0-16, but I think this is the Jets' best shot. I don't think they win, but I think they cover the number. I'll get. I'll take the Jets plus seven. Oh, plus seven. I'll take the Jets yeah. as well. I said I was going to fade against, uh, you know, the Dolphins for a while. If maybe I'm right. If I'm if they lose this game or they barely, if yeah, if they lose the game specifically, I'll look very smart. If they come back and dominate again, I'll look just more stupid. So I'd like to uh, hopefully be smart on this one and take the Jets. All right, we're both on the same side there, Spence. The next game on the matchup, the Saints led by Taysom Hill traveling to Mile High to take on the Broncos. The Broncos are one of the most inconsistent teams in the entire league. They'll find a way to win a game they shouldn't win one week, and then they'll get blown out the next. They seem to play better at home, but the Saints, I think from top to bottom, are the more superior team. Uh, With less than a touchdown, I have to lay here. Give me the Saints minus a six against the Broncos. Oh, I, I feel gross going for the Broncos here. I'm just not sold on Taysom Hill as a quarterback. Like I, I know he had a little bit of momentum in the second half, but I, I just feel like somebody some way is going to just force him to throw the ball like in uncomfortable spots. And technically, the Denver Broncos have the ability to do that, whether or not they actually go out there and perform. Uh, I don't know, but I, I think they're going to be able to score. I know they seem to be gaining momentum defensively, but... We know that Denver sometimes has these explosive games. The Raiders will take advantage of them, so Denver should as well. And hopefully they can stay within that six-point range. Spence, this could this could be a really good pick for you this week because I have a feeling that uh, I'm going to be on the square side and a lot of the public is going to go Saints here. I could be wrong, but I expect 70-plus uh, percent of the money to be on the Saints, so I'm really curious how that one's going to shape out. The next matchup, Spence, an NFC West matchup. 49ers travel to L.A., and so if I stayed in to take on the Rams, Rams, a very nice Monday night victory against Tampa Bay this past week. Coming on a short week, they're a touchdown favorite against the depleted 49ers. The 49ers are so banged up, uh, and, and I'll, I'll probably regret this one, Spence, but being one of those divisional matchups, and this division probably plays the closest games out of any division in the entire league. Teams that play each other in this division usually come down to one score, and for that reason, coming off a short week, I'm going to take the 49ers getting seven here. It seems like a lot, and you're you're right about that. The the 49ers have shown that they're going to, can get blown out, but it's not it's not their fault. It's not like next season they're come out and perform the same way. I really love this Rams team. So uncomfortable doing uh, in division matchups, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Rams here and just say they ride the wave and just totally dominate this one. Spence going the Rams. I'm going Niners. You could be right there, Spence. We'll see how that one shapes up. Next matchup, the Chiefs traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. Chiefs a road three and a half point favorite on the Circus Sports Million Contest line. Uh, interesting, Spence, because we know Brady doesn't typically have two back-to-back bad weeks. The Chiefs, they're one of the worst teams against the spread in the entire league this year. I mean, that's the truth. That's the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, they've played a lot of close games. This could be a game they lose outright. I'm going to regret this one because I do think the more I think about it, the more I think the Bucs win this one outright. But the, t- the Chiefs are too dangerous to bet against. So uh, for I'll take them minus three and a half here in our pick segment. Yeah, I think the Buccaneers defense is Swiss cheese. It's one of the it's not one of the worst in the leagues, but it's probably the bottom half. If someone's going to take advantage of a defense that isn't very talented, it's going to be the Chiefs. And Tyreek Hills seemed a little quiet these past few weeks. I don't know who's going to guard Travis Kelsey on this team either. It's not like they have any linebackers who can do that. I, I, it'll be a high-scoring one. I don't know what the over is. I'm sure it's huge, so maybe the under would be attractive in this one. But I'll also go for the Chiefs here. <laughs> it sucks because they do seem to not cover the spread every single week. There you go. Next game, uh, NFC North divisional matchup, Spence. The Bears travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers. The Packers uh, lost in overtime to the Colts last week. The Bears have been very bad after starting off the season strong. They're coming off of a bye week. And Spence, coming off that bye week, uh, I've got to say that I think there's a chance Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky gets back 
in in play here in this matchup. Um, I think there's a real possibility that that happens. If it does, uh, I think the Bears will be competitive. Even, even if it doesn't, I think nine and a half is too big of a number in this divisional matchup. I'll take the Bears plus the nine and a half. I agree. That, that's much too big of a spread uh, for a Green Bay team that has proven that they can't. They might lose any given week. If the Bears can get any sort of run game going, uh, it sucks because if they had their running back, I would feel so good better about this. I, I'm in division matchups too. It just seems too good to be true. So I'm going to take the Bears. We're both on the Bears there, Spence. And to finish off week 12, the Seattle Seahawks travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The Seahawks are a five-point road favorite. The Eagles are playing like one of the worst teams in the league here over the last couple months. And every every time I think Carson Wentz will get it together, they still find a way to lose. I, I just can't get burned by the Eagles again. Give me the Seahawks minus a five. How is this? This seems like a line that should be nine and a half, to be honest with you. So I, I'm just going to go for Seattle here. It feels pretty cut and dry. There's no reason that the Eagles defense is going to be able to contain anything. You, the hope is that Carson Wentz takes advantage of a bad Seahawks defense. Show me on tape where he has been able to do something like that this entire season. I feel like he can't. So, uh, I'm going to take Seattle. They should dominate this. Very We're both easily. on the same side there, Spence. Uh, there's one more game. We just don't know if it'll be played, and, and I don't even know if it's going to count in the contest worth a full point. But Ravens-Steelers, we talked about earlier the Ravens depleted with this COVID news, uh, but the contest line has the Steelers minus four. Um, I don't know that they play this game, Spence. If they do, what, what do you think happens? That's too much to ask of Robert Griffin to just come in and beat a division rival like the Steelers to me. So... The Ravens won't be that good offensively. The Steelers are definitely going to make sure that they don't have an easy time. There's no running back, so they're going to be without Lamar Jackson. This is an easy line to cover for the Steelers. If they were to lose this one, that would be a huge wrinkle on their season and give some really pressing concerns for the playoffs. Yeah, the Steelers 10-0 are probably looking six more games. They have a perfect season. It's, it seems attainable. Uh, look, I've doubted the Steelers all year, and for 10 weeks they've won, uh, and they're 10-0. But I still don't believe in them, Spence, and I don't. I, I think if it's Robert Griffin or if it's it's, it's going to either – if Robert Griffin plays – if they play, it's going to be Robert Griffin. It's going to be Robert Griffin for the next couple weeks because Lamar Jackson is going to be out with COVID. Uh, so I, I'm still going to ride with the Ravens. I, I think they beat the Steelers with Robert Griffin. I'll probably be biting myself, but I'm, I'm going to ride against the Steelers as long as I can. Maybe it gets me beat all the way to the Super Bowl, but I highly doubt it. So there's a couple other games, Spence, I want to talk about if you're going to bet some money, some action that I like. And I'm going to start off in your Raiders-Falcons game. I like the over in this matchup. Uh, I, I don't love Matt Ryan, but you've talked about the Raiders' defense. The Raiders showed offensively they can score. I like the over in this matchup, regardless of what that number is. Uh, it's <laughs> probably going to be in the mid to high 50s, um, but I think it'll be a very high-scoring game. And regardless of what the numbers have been, uh, a lot of these Raiders games have been high scoring, Spence. Um, yeah, and I believe I believe I see one of the numbers at 54. Yeah, if you can't stop anybody, uh, luckily the Raiders can score a few points, and that's what's won them games. Calvin Ridley's going to have a field day out there. I, Matt Ryan hasn't been great this season, but if there's a team that has zero pass rush, and that's the Raiders, they have zero pass rush they're going to take advantage of this horrible defense, and there'll be a shootout just like it was last week. Two more overs I like, Spence. Chargers-Bills, the line sits at 53. The weather outlook looks to be 50 degrees and sunny. I think that's a high-scoring game. I'm going to look over there. And then also, also Panthers-Vikings, that's going to be indoors. The over-under there is 51. I think the Vikings can score anywhere between 20 and 28, and I think the Panthers beat them, and they score more than that. So I think that game could go over the 51 total. So I'll be looking at some action on the overs there in those games. So another week 12 in the book, Spence, and we'll kind of figure out how we shape up coming down the home stretch of the season. If you miss any part of the rest stop, make sure you check out the podcast version of the show. You can check that out on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Audio boom and make sure that you search Landry football conference call the rest stop will be underneath there and make sure you listen to us on your way to work on your way home regardless of your podcast listening uh spence i, I see a laugh in here is it brian bravo that's really out of control here can, yeah can we answer this guy's question what the hell's wrong with him he's so dedicated it's just great 
I am a mustard guy when it comes to leftover uh, turkey on my sandwich. I don't like mayo that much. Uh, the Wiz is a mustard guy, Brian Bravo, and I already answered your question earlier. I said both. Okay, so make yourself a turkey sandwich, drink a warm glass of milk, have your sip of tequila, and then hit the night-night button tonight, Bravo, okay? Because clearly uh, the tequila's gotten to your head as you're partying it up here on Thanksgiving. Uh, But I appreciate you, my man. Thanks for chiming in and joining us the whole show tonight with the chat. I hope Brian Bravo had a happy Thanksgiving. I hope all the listeners out there had a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for tuning in with us. And also download the Twitch app, LandryFootball.com on Twitch. You can see the rest up there. For Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your football. Happy holidays. We'll see you back live 9 o'clock Pacific time on Tuesday night. For another- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.